You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I have with us such a fun guest today. Dave Keenis has been coaching people and everything else since, since 2011 when he became an accomplishment coach, but it, yeah, that's cool and everything. So, so, so he's phenomenal in that space. He looks really good on paper. He's got all of this training and leadership development background. Um, and what, what we're talking to him today about is finding God within an addiction stronghold. So he is not shy about really talking about what pulled him out of, of a really intense addiction phase of his existence and, and the, the constant um, kind of connection with God. I'm laughing because before the show, he's like, we're all God all the time. And so <laughs> anyway, we, we kind of went off on that. Um, so he'll, he'll, you'll, you, you can feel that from him. And that's an area that he and I really connect in is just being willing to give voice to this walk of faith, whether you, it has any religious undertones or any you know spirituality aspect to it but but to me it is the purest walk of faith um this this journey this my own evolution has become um you know so far beyond what we think of when we think of, of communing with god or faith and, and so i'm excited to um um, unpack this conversation with him today so without further ado please join me in welcoming dave keenis to the show welcome dave thank you so much for having me today oh i'm so excited about our conversation but first what are your superpowers? Um, uh, well, they're, they're a few fold. I don't know. It's kind of, um, I was, I was out surfing just before this interview and I recalled this time. Um, this is about five years ago. It was actually, uh, it was 30. Yeah, it was five years ago in February in, um, and I had done a, I was doing a mastermind call with a couple of my, uh, current, current or former clients. And it was, it was late at night. Um, that we were doing the call and one of them asked me Dave what's your biggest vision for for yourself and I said I want to inspire people by the million right and so one of my former clients said all right Dave why don't we just rest in this space right now and sort of throw this energy up into the universe it's like okay great so we sort of did the whatever woo woo kind of threw the energy up in the universe and so then you know I completely forgotten about this conversation and the next day I, I used to live on this private beach in Lake Michigan um, for about nine years. And the next day I'm minding my own business. It's the dead of winter. It's the middle of the afternoon. And I get this call from my neighbor and my neighbor says, uh, Dave, there's a dog stranded out on Lake Michigan. Now I'm a Lake, I was a Lake Michigan winter surfer. Right. So I would surf Lake Michigan in the winter. And so I have this intimate knowledge of the wind of the lake and the ice and all that. And, and, and I analyzed the situation and I realized it was okay. So I put on my wetsuit and I grabbed a kayak. And I went out onto the lake and maybe about a half a mile out through this sort of like icy gauntlet I had to navigate and I rescued the dog. And when I got back to the shore, I'm surrounded by television cameras. And within, within a half an hour, the, the, um, the story had, had hit the BBC, uh, ABC, NBC, ABC, and the Ellen DeGeneres show called me and I was on television and I had inspired people by the millions. And, and the funny thing about that story is that I hadn't even realized that I made I had made that sort of declaration until after the fact when the client called me and said, you realize what we talked about last night, right? I was like, oh my God, I just, I just manifested this thing that I said I would. And, and I think the, the, the rub there is that like I was so unattached 
to this kind of superpower that it left all the room in the world for the universe to just manifest it because there's absolutely no attachment to it, right? And so I kind of relate to my superpowers as I'm still honing them in because when I'm in a, this state of complete and total non-attachment, it's like, whoa, miracles happen. Look at that. Because I could just feel God like dancing in that moment and sort of laughing, right? So that's like one of them. And then um, this, this other superpower is just this, you know, this ability to just, it's much more mundane. It's just walking this sort of like walking the path of God, like just doing the right thing, you know, and part of my coaching has superpowers in it because you just have to figure out people real quick from this place of unconditional love and be able to show them a picture of themselves they're not used to seeing and therefore a, a glimpse of reality that they're not used to seeing. And that's beautiful too. So mm, I love that. Well, and it, and it's like, as I work more and more around in this arena, I, 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 my sinking suspicion is, is that really all we're here to do is teach each other to, to love ourselves and love each other. And it, and it's, you know, and, and I think that that circles around everything everybody does, no matter what the, the genre or topic appears to be, it, it really does come back to that. And, and, you know, connection with self, connection with source, and then, and then connecting with everyone. And ultimately, that's the same thing, you know, but we use all these different kind of lenses to, to do it in. And so I love your story about being unattached to this, this concept. And that's when we really are in our most magical most powerful most super powery state of existence and yet sometimes even in talking about that we form those attachments right um so i'd I'd imagine your journey your walk with god has assisted in that so how did you know talk to us a little bit about the the addiction process and, and what how you were led to the concept of god within that yeah well i mean so first of all i did not have a uh i had a a to to say I had a low bottom is an understatement, right? I had a, a, a gnarly, 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 gnarly battle with addiction. Um, it is only by the grace of what I choose to call God that I am alive, right? Um, it's only by the grace of God that, um, that I'm not sitting in a, a prison cell right now. And so um, through that, you know, in, in the 12-step in the programs, I'll say I was given the gift of desperation, right? And um, I'm facing, you know, it was, it was to the point where I was facing, I don't know, one to three years in prison or three to seven years in prison, not for doing anything like violent or anything like that, just for being a stupid drug addict, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, I was sitting in a treatment center, my second treatment center. So I've been to rehab once in 2006, and then this is in uh, June, this is probably mid-July of 2007, and it was... Uh, it was nap time at rehab, right? So I'm like 32 years old and I'm, I'm being forced to take a nap before dinner. And that's just the most degrading thing in and of itself. And I pick up a book by Stephen Hawking um, that I brought in there. And um, the, the book is called A Brief History of Time. You may have heard of it. And, and there's, this little, um, there's this little glitch. He's talking about the Big Bang Theory. There's this little section where he's talking about the Big Bang. It's not a glitch, but a section where he's talking about the Big Bang Theory. And he says, we need not concern ourselves with what happened before the Big Bang. Such events could only be described as an act of God. Something along those lines, paraphrasing. But at that very minute, the word, the word God flew off the page at me and um, surrounded me in this just beautiful, divine, white light. And I just felt the, 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 the presence of 
angels all around me and I can remember there was a tree outside the, the window and there was um, the sun was coming through the blinds I have a song about it I wrote called the God song and the chorus of the song goes it came shining through dusty blinds in a dimly lit room and I saw the light I saw the light it was the sweet sweet sweetest of surrender and in that very moment I went from this complete and total hopeless state of mind and body um, to you know, the, to, to stepping into the sunlight of the spirit. I went from God being this abstract concept that I really knew nothing about, but that I'd become willing to, to, to learn about um, because of what I had been through. Like there was, there was no place left for me to go, you know? Um, so that's the gift of desperation. But then it was that willingness. And then all of a sudden the sunlight of the spirit appeared and I became reborn in an instant. Um, and, and I gave a talk about it recently uh, here in San Diego um, called The Reason I Call It God was the name of the talk. And the reason I call it God is because it was that word God that flew off the page, and, it, you know, into my, it, it flew off the page at me. And so God is the name that he, she, it introduced itself to me as. So I just call it God. You can call it whatever you want, you know. Well, so so what do you attribute that to? Like, how do you kind of in your rational mind, how do you reconcile that? Cause I'm sure there's been moments of like, did that really happen? Is it, was that a thing? Like, like what, I mean, or maybe you didn't question it. What, how did, how, what was your experience of that? Yeah, I didn't question it at all. It went from, um, you know, it went from, you know, agnosticism is just without knowledge, agnostic, without knowledge, not, not, not gnosis is knowledge. So I went from being agnostic essentially but willing to believe in something to be Gnostic. So I consider myself a Gnostic, meaning I have a knowing. So it might, it's, it's beyond belief. A belief is something that you could like take away that could be dis, dis and whatever, you know, um, not I'm missing the word, but yeah, I just, I relate to myself as a, a Gnostic in the sense that I just know it's a very deep knowing um, to the sense, to the point where like, I'm not even going to engage in arguments about, with people regarding the existence versus the non-existence of whatever that is, um, just because I find them to be pointless, you know, and it's just not a place I, I like to go with people, you know. Right, absolutely. Well, and, and it, and it, it kind of gets to just a place of futility after a while because right. it, from that knowingness place, it's like, you know, I always tell people that you know that you're there and that you're speaking was truth for you when it, it's not debatable at all. Like, like when you say, I, I have this deep knowing, like, like, how does anybody argue with that? Like, no, you don't. Like, like it really, there is no arguing when you truly do speak from your own truth. We're just not really conditioned to do that, right? We're conditioned to debate and to have conversations and to go from our minds and, and everything else. Um, and so getting in touch with that true knowingness is such a gift. Um, and what, what happened after that for you? Yeah, so that was, I mean, that happened um, about maybe 25 days into this treatment center that I had been in, and I ended up actually spent 124 days there. Um, so from there, it was, um, I, I, just, I just got really involved in the 12-step in the work that was available there, because um, I had always just shrugged it off, like, don't tell me to believe in this higher power BS kind of a thing, and I really embraced it. Um, because I mean, I had nothing better to do. And, um, and then through this very peculiar serendipitous turn of events, I ended up breaking my leg there after about 100 days, breaking, breaking my foot. 
Um, and as a result of that, um, I ended up living in this beautiful building on the, on, on Lake Michigan. Um, and I just, I mean, I really just rebuilt my life. I mean, I took my life, um, I, I rebuilt this, my life from just, a, a, it, my life had been shattered into, it's like the book, into a million little pieces. And it was just staring back at me. Um, it, I, it was just staring back at me as like this fragmented version of once I, of, of who I had once been. And I just put my, I put my life back together one day at a time. I got a bicycle and I got a job and I had a meeting directory for the 12 step meetings. And I, I probably went to 750 meetings in my first year um, because that's what I had to do. It was like, it was like the only place left that would take me is these meeting rooms. And, and that's what I did. I ended up getting a job. I actually got a job a really good job selling software as a convicted felon. So I'm a convicted felon in Cook County. And I just got this job off Craigslist. This guy just, um, he's a good friend of mine today. He just liked me for some reason. I had no sales experience and he interviewed me on the phone and he just liked me for whatever reason. And he gave me a chance. And my first day of my first day of work, I, I had to be there at eight, eight 30 in the morning. And I think I left my house at probably five 45 AM. You know, because there was nothing in the world that was going to stop me from, if I had to crawl and be there on time, I was going to be there on time because I was so grateful. You know, this was like wow, an opportunity for me to put rebuild my entire life. There was no background check. There was no, you know what I mean? None of the, no questions were asked that could have been asked. And yeah, and that was it. I just, you know, I just rebuilt my life one day at a time. And, and that's beautiful. You know, there, yeah, it was it was beautiful. I look back at that time in my life and get teary eyed. Oh, I love it. So so let's we're gonna take a quick break, but before we do, where can people go to find out more about you? You just go to my website, it's DaveKeenis.com, which is uh D A V E K E H N A S is in Sam, T is in Tom dot com. Keenis. Mm, beautiful. You can find, so me we- on face- find me on Facebook too, I'm on there quite a bit. I love it. So we're talking with Dave Keenis today about finding God within an addiction stronghold. And when we come back, we're going we're gonna to get some, some ways that, you know, for those of you who are really on that, that fence and trying to figure out, you know, how do you kind of make that leap into faith? And, and he makes it sound so easy. So we're going to talk with him about how to do that. We'll be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. We're back. You've been listening to the Superpower Podcast. We're talking today with Dave Keenest about finding God within an addiction stronghold. And before the show, you know, we talked a little bit about our similarities with regard to this, this walk of faith, and I alluded to it earlier. And it, it really, in my opinion, is the make it or break it for who's going to really step into this space of self-dominion and evolution versus who's going to sit on the sidelines and continue to question. Um, that, that walk of faith, I describe it in that what I call the abstract frequency as 
being willing to, to put your foot down in front of you without even seeing the ground beneath your foot and trusting that it's there. And it's, it's like, you know, conjures up images of Indiana Jones and like the, the bridge, he had to throw the sand out to just see where to put his foot down. Um, but that's my, that was my experience with it. And, and it, and it's, you know, it's the easiest, most natural state of our existence, but it's so challenging to relax into it. It's not normal, you know, for us here. It's not what we're programmed to do. So how do you work with people in that capacity and help them get to a place where, you know, they can get to that faith place, whether it's just loving themselves and connecting um, to God or source of the universe or to other people, what, whatever it is, how do you help them cross that threshold? Well, I like to present the concept of an act of surrender. So um, for, for me, surrender, it was, not, it was not this passive thing. It was not giving up. You know, giving up would have been drinking and using myself to death, right? That, that would not have been surrender. Surrender was actually like, okay, you have to go to this horrible institution and spend the next four months of your life lining up for cigarette breaks and whatnot, you know? So, um, when a person really wants to align, there's, there's typically some things that they, that they're going to have to do that they don't want to do. And, you know, that could, that could be like, I mean, it could be as simple as starting an exercise regimen that you don't want to start. You know, it could be, um, you want to become a Kundalini yogi. So that means you have to go to your Kundalini yogi class on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at, you know, at nine o'clock AM when you don't necessarily want to go. And so, for me, it's like surrender is not, it's just, it's not passive. And so there's typically a course of action that a person has to take. It's like, you want to get closer to God, then show up at the Shambhala Meditation Center because they have meditations every single Sunday morning, I think everywhere in the country at 10 o'clock AM. So there's, there's, there's always like a course of action. And then a person needs to be willing as well. So willingness plus action. I like that you're talking about the action piece because I do think that, you know, in the, in the spiritual growth dialogues, uh, some of the more kind of um, woo-woo conversations, there is this idea of um, surrender as a passive activity. And like you, that wasn't my experience. There, there certainly was a degree to that in the beginning because you have to kind of reprogram yourself to move away from the doing and thinking and all this other stuff. And so I delineate this passageway um, so that because when I saw the action and, and the thinking kind of pieces come back online, it was confusing for me because I had just gone through a process of teaching myself to not overthink and not stay in busyness. And so it was like, how do you reconcile that? And so what I did was I changed the words, you know, I took it from thinking and doing to action and cognition. And to me, it was that, you know, it's, it's just semantics, but it allowed me to say, this is something different. This is me staying in surrender and faith and yet moving forward and implementing what I, I've worked for rather than just staying, you know, I think a lot of people have this misconception that they're going to sit up on their mountaintop and on their lotus leaf and, and, right. and just chant, you know, which is fine. But most of us got heard the calling that, that we needed to have an impact on the world. That's what we came here to do. Well, that doesn't happen in passivity. And so it, it really is how do you marry up these two seemingly contradictory concepts of surrender and action? You know, it's like, how do you, right. you know, and then, and then we kind of take it the other direction, which is, is, you know, 
wanting to take back control and you and you alluded to that earlier when you talked about you know staying detached but yet you still went out and rescued the dog you know yeah, it's like exactly. you didn't sit on the shore and say oh god's right. gonna take care of it it's that it's that old um joker story or whatever the guy on the roof of his house during the flood right, the yeah and it's like god's like i sent you a helicopter i said you but like you still have right. to take some action and yet it's not from a fear-based place of um thinking you need to control right but that's a that's you know that i don't know i i think that people really get caught up in that until you just do it you know there just seems to be this tipping point or this you know squeezing through the eye of the needle or we could come up with all kinds of biblical references for it but it really is this this amazing place of you know i, I call it being 100 percent detached and playing 100 percent all out simultaneously right, um, right. one of the I'm sorry, go on. Well, I'm not sure I had anywhere to go with it. It's like, it's like such a conundrum because how do you explain that to people and describe it? We can certainly identify what isn't that, but the thinking mind, the, the, the small mind, the human self has a, has a lot of difficulty grasping it. Yeah, I just, one of the things I, I pay attention to is um, what really inspires me so one of my catchphrases that I use with my clients is inspiration plus integrity equals infinity, right? And so if I get inspired, like I was inspired to create this podcast, Addiction and Redemption, it's called. And, and so that was just this download. It was just like God saying, hey, Dave, tell your story, go do this. But then I had to get the thing into integrity. So I had to align my intentions, my words, and my actions, right? So the, the inspiration is just like the good idea that implants itself into your consciousness and says, hey, go be a bigger you. Hey, go serve the universe in a greater way. Go be a bigger expression of yourself. And good ideas are, are great, but then there's that integrity piece and the integrity piece is the guide. It's like if I want to impact more people, I need to be in integrity. Like Gandhi, you know, he had, to, he had this inspiration to, to liberate india for british rule but then he had to he had to show up you know what i mean he had to he had to show up so as to manifest you know what i believe was god's will in that particular situation right so we, we can't well, just be sitting around absolutely when you're speaking to a uh, kind of an epidemic that i see in the sense of a lot of folks have been hit with inspiration so that so all kinds of ways that you know whether a being appears to us or the word god jumps off the page or or, you know, the guides come and tell us, or we have a psychic reading or whatever the case may be. We have a near death experience, like, like all kinds of people are waking up to knowingness, like you talked about. And for some reason, and I don't know how this happened, but it seems like there was this like epidemic where that translated into this almost um, entitlement that if you have the answer, you know, now you have all the secrets of the universe that somehow the universe then owes you this existence in which to right. share it. And it's like, you know, I've been very clear from the beginning, like having superpowers doesn't make you special. Like what makes you special is what you choose to do with them. We all have superpowers. We, you know, I love when people are like, well, but I'm a psychic. I'm like, great. We all are. What are you doing with it? Like, right. like, so what, you know, and, and it's great that you have these gifts and, and, and awakening to them and really stepping out and identifying with them is, is scary. And so everybody gets credit. Right. For, for coming out of the closet, if you will, with that, but it's not enough. You know, yeah. it's great that you're giving readings and everything else to people, 
and perhaps that is that is what you want to do with them but that but that is you doing something with them and if that's not satisfying you anymore then do something else and um and I, and i do think that there's this misconception around what it means to be able to access information and slowly and surely we're realizing that everybody can access that information everybody has all of the superpowers like it's not it, it, that that piece it was just the beginning you know and and so for me it, it's really pulling the the veil down and saying okay great now let's talk about this like like yes you're intuitive but we all are intuitive and to suggest otherwise is irresponsible so i love that you're talking about integrity not just not just in 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 the way that we typically look at the word but also the action has to match up with what you're presenting and if you're right. saying that you're this change agent in the world what are you doing to change the world you know, and so, so, you know, my husband is so proud. He, you know, I, I gave him kudos the other day because he came up with this concept of internal integrity. And I think it's so important that we take a hard look at that because it's, it's one thing to, yes, you have access to information and yes, you have the courage to step into it and you have to keep going forward. Yeah, that's yeah, my soapbox. <laughs> no, 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 I hear you loud and clear. I mean, integrity is your, it's, it's, um, you know, I had a coach a couple of years ago and he would just say, Dave, you didn't get a client this week. And like you said, you would, and I would say no. And he would say, all right, check your integrity. And then he would just, or he would just drop the question. Like, where are you out of integrity? Like a bomb. He's like, I'm going to leave this right here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, I didn't show up at my networking meeting on Wednesday morning and I didn't send out those Facebook messages and I didn't follow up with those people I said I would. Not to mention my apartment's a mess. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you just like, it just becomes very apparent. There was a breakdown in between what I said I would do and, and what I did do. And it's just like a no brainer. And sometimes it's a little more, you know, it's a little more subtle. Like you have to look a little deeper. You have some blind spots that you didn't notice, or maybe you were taking action from a funky place and didn't realize that. But it's ultimately your integrity that is going to be your guide as to whether or not um, you're going to you're going to manifest. So it's like the the law of attraction, right? It's the, the I loved your talk on the law of attraction, or your guest who spoke about the law of attraction a couple of weeks ago, by the way. But um, it's all well and good, this visualization, but if you don't take action, it's just the, the law of attract. It's just the law of attract. You got to take action for it to be the law of attraction. It's <laughs> the like, law of attract. wonderful you're sitting around <laughs> visualizing all day long and you've got your vision board, but are you going out into the world and taking action, you know, in service of manifesting that? Right. Well, and, wh and where I drive people back to is, is, you know, I tell them that the, the projection never lies. Like there, if you're seeing something show up in the projection, there's something inside of you that's creating that to, to come about. And, and when you can look at it from that way, you know, like, like you said, you can sit back and be like, Oh, I haven't gotten a client, da, 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 da. But it's, but, but like you said, the signs are all there. Like, okay, but why? Like, and, and, and when we're willing to be that level of honest with ourselves, it is easy to see. And it's like, well, where am I, um, where am I, having this stuff come out of the inside of me or projecting from inside of me. I, you know, I talk about our little lower frequency aspects that act like sonar and they're not, you know, they're not reflecting things. They're actually projecting out mm. and creating these projections for us to look at. And it's the easiest thing in the world to see the signs when you're like, Oh, you know, there it is. And there it is. And there it is. But you have to then be willing to look within yourself and go, okay, where is this showing up inside of me? 
Like, like what is it in me that's, that's forcing this projection because I'm not looking at these things. And, and it goes so far beyond the, Oh, I must have a lesson to learn here. The chastising ourselves or thinking that we're doing it wrong. It's a constant, this never ends, you know, maybe right before we, you know, separate from our bodies and transcend, you know, we can be done with it. But ultimately if the projection is showing you anything, but what you really want to see then you need to ask yourself why, you know, what, what, where is that coming from? And, and most people set out to control the projection first, mm-hmm. but ironically, the only way to manage the projection at all is to play this internal game. And that is one of integrity. Right. And, and there's, yeah, there's just, um, there's a real, like, there's a real mundane aspect to spirituality. That's just kind of, um, kind of boring. That just it's just about sort of like doing the the next right indicated thing in service of what you are committed to creating. And and you know, I live in Southern California and Encinitas, and it's just like the woo capital of the world. Everybody is just so all these self-appointed spiritually whatever people and they're adorable and whatnot. But there's just this um there there's just this very fundamental sort of course of action to take if you are committed to something greater than yourself that can very often look like just like a really long work day you know what I mean for me it's like I can't go surfing today because I gotta talk to these clients on the phone and and then I'm gonna and then I have to choose to not suffer over it I just have to show up because if I'm suffering over it and I'm talking to a client I'm not serving the client so I need to learn how to get over myself there you know and there's just like these aspects of spirituality and of serving God that are just really kind of in for me involve hard work. Well, and I, I call it the dangle. And so it, it really is in the beginning. It is like when you saw the word God come off the page, it was, you know, awe inspiring. Right. And that, that's the dangle. It's like, Hey, right, this is right. how this can be. And then you're right. Everything after that just is. And it's like, and I, and I think that a lot of times we get disgruntled because we, we want that, that we're chasing that high, if you will, all the time. And it's like, as you normalize into some of these higher frequencies, it, is, it doesn't necessarily feed you at that level anymore, but it is, it is what you're there to do. And so, it, you know, you even mentioned it earlier in a sense that it's like, um, <laughs> I just had to stop myself because I'm like, where did you actually say that out loud or not? But it, it's this idea of, um, of it's not about you, you know, at a certain point in time, it just, it's not about you. It's about the work and about what you've committed to do. And ultimately, of course, that is about you, but it, it's, it, you're, you're not always going to recreate that dangle. And certainly there's every time we shift into new frequencies, there's that, ee, you know, like, oh my gosh, am I really going to do this now? And, but, but there's also, you have to allow for that convergence, which is stabilizing in that frequency. And a lot of times it is boring work. It's reprogramming behaviors. It's taking ownership and acting in integrity with what you say you're going to do there. And then that honestly is the swiftest way through is to keep walking forward with it. Even when, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're like, Oh, what am I going to do today? Oh, I'm going to touch a million people's lives today with my inspirational message. Great. You know, but it's like, that's, that's what you're doing. And for those people, it matters. And, and, and so you show up not in the martyrdom kind of selfless way, but that is the work is your own evolution depends on you doing that work. It's the most selfish thing that we can do. Um, and ultimately, which leads to being the most selfless when you start talking about oneness and all kinds of other fun stuff. But 
it's, that is, that is the work. And, and oftentimes I talk with people who are disenchanted. Like you said, you get over yourself. Like you said, you were going to do this, go do it. You know, I get that it's not all unicorns and rainbows all the time, but, but you do it anyway. Yeah. The, um, you know, the, the 12 step program with which I align, there's a, you know, there's a, we, we say that we are trudging the path to happy destiny. So the word is trudging. So you have to, you have to really, you have to really work, you know, to create a happy life. It requires a lot of work. And mm, it's often just not fun, you know, trudging. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's the details. It's like everybody wants the high. Everybody right. wants to stand on top of their mountain and, 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 and speak their truth and everything else. But it's like, you know, that's a big part of the reason why we're, we're exploring things like an internship program, stuff like that here at Superpower Experts, because, you know, I can't tell you in the two years that I've been running the podcast, how many people have professed to me that they're here to change the world. But when it, when push comes to shove and it comes down to like, okay, write an article, like, like, right. and then exactly. format, format the article in a way right. that Google can find it. And Right. Do that, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, but you have to do things or, or like, you know, your, your mentor asking you like, how come you didn't get a client this week? It's like, well, you know, God didn't send me a client this week. It's right, like, exactly. okay, well, got it, you know, understood. And, and, and here, and that leads to the other big misconception I think is, is the idea that we're the only ones who can do that work. And it's like, if not you, someone else, all that's going to impact is what your experience is here. That person's going to get help. It may not be from you. It'll right. be from somebody else. And, and that's why I tell people, like, you can catch that one, I call it the big kahuna, that one energetic wave that we all designed ourselves to catch this lifetime or don't. You know, it's not a tragedy for the world or for collective consciousness. If you don't, the only person that's a tragedy to is you. And that's your own little personal version of hell that you're going to have to live through. The rest of us are going to be fine. Somebody else is going to come along to do that. Um, yeah, and that's just the truth of the matter. And, and it's it's not... Um, pretty and it's not popular, but it is truth. And, and so if you're out of integrity with what you say you're doing here, or even just the act of doing it, um, very quickly that vision starts to unravel. Um, so, you know, and, and that, you know, I think that it's, it's, it's high time that more of us call that out and, and, and really get real about that. So I appreciate the fact that you're willing to say that. Well, that's, I mean, that's why celebrities, a lot of celebrities get kind of a bum rap just because they're millionaires and whatnot. And, but, but if you, if you investigate like the life of the average person who has become extremely successful, like you will, you will see that they have walked this really fascinating hero's journey and that they have been through all sorts of trials and tribulations. And, one of my favorite stories is um, if you just Google Tony Robbins tells Rocky story, it's Tony Robbins telling the story of how he went to dinner at Sylvester Stallone's house and Sylvester Stallone told him the story of Rocky. And like Sylvester Stallone wrote this, wrote this um, screenplay called Rocky. And he's living in this, like he's almost homeless and he actually ended up selling his dog for like $25 so he could feed himself because he had this vision of seeing Rocky through to fruition. And, and it ended up like he was down to his last couple cents, literally. And then he actually, Sylvester Stallone, after he sold Rocky for, I believe $2 million and he got the star in it, he, he went and bought the dog that he sold to this stranger back for $25,000. 
And it's this beautiful, amazing story that involves so much hard work and really being dragged down, like basically into almost the, to the gates of the, the pits of hell and experiencing a dark night of the soul so as to reemerge. And you find out all this really fascinating stuff when you really start to um, dig into like the secrets of people's success because there's this element of like hard work. Well, and it, and it's it's hard work, and it's like you like we talked about it. It's boring, and it, and it's all this stuff, and it's like, and at the end of the day, I remember when I was a counterintelligence agent, and and I had by the time I landed that job, I had been on this quest to find the perfect job, you know, the perfect job, and 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 here I find myself in it, and and uh, you know, I had this whole realization, and I tell the story of realizing that yes, it's great, and at the end of the day, it was still just a job, so it wasn't satisfying that deep inner desire piece of me that I thought was looking for the perfect job. But what it did do was it, it helped me realize the power of being part of something bigger. And so even when I was writing a report or doing paperwork or cleaning my weapon or whatever the mundane task happened to be, right. it was in service to something bigger. Now, whether you agree with national security and in the Intel game or whatever, it doesn't matter what it did was it planted the seeds within me that even within the mundane tasks, I could say I knew why I was doing them and I knew why they were important. And that set the stage for entrepreneurship. It set the stage right. for parenting. You know, Justin and I, you know, we, we get to reap huge ROI right now on Neva because, you know, at eight years old, she's pretty much fully autonomous. And, but mm. in the, you know, the beginning stages, we didn't let up. And, and I, I kept looking at Justin like, we can't let up. We can't let up. It was conscious parenting, like 24, mm. so I was like all conscious parenting all the time, right? Like you were talking about and helping her walk that path from a very early stage because intrinsically I knew there'd come a point in time when that would return dividends. You know, it's like, look at who she can be and what she can do now. But that it was, my guidance was so clear on that. And even when even Justin would look at me like, whoa, you know, can't we just cut her some slack? I was like, I don't think we can right now because she has to have that foundation. And, and that's what, it, you know, it took me 30 some odd years to get to that place of this is what this feels like to, you know, selfless service in the name of something bigger. Um, and, and of course, we can we can argue the merits of that and the, the toxicity that sometimes that creates. But for me, um, it was really crucial for me to get that lesson. Um, and, and so in entrepreneurship, it's like, no, it's not always fun. However, I can wake up in the morning and I always know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I don't know, you mentioned guidance and, and I, I mean, I love when I get, I love when I get my little angel visitors. Um, I love when I have my quote unquote downloads and I get that these sort of divine experiences that happen in the midst of my kundalini yoga practice and whatnot and when my spirit guides visit me. Um, but, you know, based on my experience, the, the best guides are people. They're other human beings um, who we can turn to, who can give us advice and who can, you know, maybe share things with us that we don't necessarily want to hear, you know, on that particular day, but that we need to hear so that we can continue you know on our path to being successful and that's what i feel like we're moving into with more and more of us stepping forward and saying hey this has been the experience this is what's worked for me and but doing it from a collaborative way like i think gone are the days of needing that single thought leader 
that single person who's going to step forward and be the brand. And it's like, like, like I said, you know, I'm perfectly willing to say, great. Yeah, I have superpowers. I have a lot of them. In fact, I would claim that I have all of them. And so do you. And, you know, I'm going to hold people accountable to not, uh, not relaxing into or abdicating into the fact that I've stepped into that space. So, so do it too. You know, I don't, I don't really, you know, what's the phrase, suffer fools lightly in that regard of, you know, no more excuses. You know, if, 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 if I can do it, so can you. I mean, Jesus said the exact same thing. Greater things than these you also shall do. And it's like when we stop at this idea that, you know, and throw him on a cross and, and say, you know, he was it. It's like, I think we're missing the point. And, and so the more of us that can step forward, I've seen amazing visions of what happens within the community that we've created and what some of these folks coming forward now are going to create within it. And it's not threatening to me in the slightest. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I need them to step forward and create these things because that opens new spaces up for me. And, and anytime we have thought leaders or, or um, guides or anyone who wants to sit in that position and hold control, um, it, it creates this real, real toxicity and stale energy. And, you know, I, for one, think that we're all better off when we don't do that. And when we're willing to say, absolutely come forward. In fact, here, bypass me, stand on this foundation and do greater things. I, I want to sit back and watch, mm. you know, I want to be able to take advantage of that. Um, so I think, I think we're in a really cool time of, um, you know, the Course in Miracles lingo. It talks about mm-hmm. how the, the truth will not be hidden again, um, ever again. And so it's, it's, you know, now we get to play with that. And, okay, what do, what do we want to create on top of that? Um, and so I love, I love the fact that that's what you're doing, and that's the space that you and I get to meet in. Um, let's remind folks again where they can go to find out more about you. Um, well, you can check out, check, if you want to hear my, my story, um, People seem to really love hearing um, gnarly, <laughs> gnarly stories of addiction. So you check out my podcast, which is called Addiction and Redemption, Awakening to Your Hero's Journey. It's on iTunes and Stitcher, I believe. Um, and then you can just go to my website, Dave at DaveKeenist.com, which is, or no, DaveKeenist.com, which is D-A-V-E-K-E-H-N-A, S is in Apple, T is in Tom, dot com. Or just find me on Facebook, Dave Canis. You'll see a little picture of a dude holding a surfboard. That's me. Just friend me on Facebook. I, I love to have Facebook friends. And, um, <laughs> so I do the majority of my marketing, I'll be honest. It's just an avenue that works for me. Um, so, yeah, or just email me, Dave, at DaveKanis.com. Beautiful. Well, I, I love the, the purity in what you stand for and just your willingness to be transparent and open about your journey and, um, and not just sit in that, but really move beyond your story and, and demonstrate what's possible beyond that. So, so I honor you and and your journey. And I love that you're out there in the world doing your work. Thank you so much for having me. I really just appreciate it enormously. Love your show. Oh, thank you so much. And to all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. Thank you for listening. Until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.